0: Always kept locked. It was the garage.
1: My pappy said, son, you're going to drive me to drink, and if you don't stop driving... That's a funny car. Tell him it's your car, and you do what you want with it. I own this car. I do as I please. I also own the highway. My taxes pay for that. They're both mine. I own the highway, and I own the car. I own everything. Out here. Oh! Hey, everybody. This is Eric Stahl. And
0: I'm Daryl Scott. And this is the auto podcast that can switch from Evil Knievel to Betsy Ross quicker than you can say Joe Rogan's Mushroom Coffee.
1: I can say Joe Rogan's Mushroom Coffee pretty quick, Daryl.
0: You can. I, I can't. And this, Have you ordered that yet?
1: No. I, I keep thinking about it. Obviously, you can tell by my fixation on Joe Rogan's I think coffee. I, yeah. I
0: think I know what to get you for Christmas. There you go.
1: A- anybody else, <laughs> you can send that to me, too. This is episode 37 of the Throwing Wrenches podcast. Thank you for joining us.
0: And uh, we really appreciate you uh, rolling with us for 37 episodes. You know, I always like looking back at the timeline, Eric, and seeing just how long we've been doing this show.
1: Well, and and like those listeners, Daryl, who have tuned in since episode one and are listening to them all over again. Yeah,
0: yeah, they're catching back. They're going feel through sorry the sorry for those suckers. Sorry. I think we're better now. But we'll see. I don't know. We'll let you know in about 30, 40 minutes. We'll <laughs> see what happens. Uh, we'd like to say thank you to our sponsors who do help make this show possible. Uh, you want to start us off? Yeah,
1: I'll start off. Uh, you know, our, th- one of our first sponsors of the show is Fort's Toyota Pekin, and they are still with us over two years later. It's toyota Uh They are the family-owned small business located in the heart of central Illinois in North Pekin, Illinois. They live the Toyota lifestyle. They're beautiful, functional, and high-quality vehicles, cars and trucks, stand the test of time no matter what your budget is. Folks, I can tell you, as somebody who just jumped the dunes and played out in uh, Michigan on the back roads, DNR trails with a 4Runner that's pretty much bone stock, these vehicles are built to last, and they're certainly as functional and and with high-quality as anything on the road. Visit Fort's Toyota at toyota-peaking.com. If you want to participate in some of the events we do with the trail team, and I say that we because I do work at Fort's Toyota, you can visit them at 120 Radio City Drive and talk to any salesman. We like to say we're 15 minutes from anywhere. And with the Forerunner, I can climb over any hill in Market Heights and probably be there in 15 minutes. Or I'll race you in the Supra. I don't care. I, I, I can go either way. You've got options. Yeah.
0: I'd like to say thank you also to the Casey Law Office on the web at cloporia.com. Casey Law Office is dedicated to an honest practice of law and will fight to get you the result you deserve. No matter what your legal need, you can contact Gabe Casey at the Casey Law Office. Call or stop by. Uh, you can check them out, com, and discuss your claim free of charge. Casey Law Office, a modern legal practice dedicated to solving
1: your legal issue. Yeah, We also have a bonus sponsor this episode. Uh, I got a contact from Apollo Publishers, and uh, they reached out to us. They had a uh, book, and they actually want us to talk to the author of the book, which was Ed Miller. He'd wrote, written a book called A Trucker's Tale. It's wit, wisdom, and true stories from 60 years on the road. And this is where we end in the discussion on the last episode, and maybe we should have elaborated a little bit more, but I was very nice to Apollo Publishing, and I said, Daryl, the same thing you and I talk about all the time. Unless it's Elon, you're not getting on the phone with us. <laughs> it's not going to happen ever again. Now, I don't know. It, I guess if Trump gets on the phone or somebody else, it, it, we, we might have some exceptions, but I'm sorry, Ed wasn't going to make that. Now, here's the deal, though. Apollo Publishing said, you know what we'll do? We'll send you a copy of our book. It's a nice hardback book and a uh, great memoir of being a trucker on the open road. And we're going to have a contest on the Facebook page. Anybody who wants to win this book, all you have to do is like and share our Facebook post when this episode comes out, and you'll be entered for the contest. If you're an over-the-road trucker or you're interested in anything as far as over-the-road, this is a great book. I've, I've sampled a little bit of it. I've perused it. And uh, you know what? This is totally my wheelhouse. Daryl, I don't know if you know yeah. this or not, but I do spend a little bit of time on the highways. get a lot of windshield time? I get a little bit of windshield yeah. time, and uh, it's a good time. Now, I did also check with these guys at Apollo, and this book is available via audiobook. So if you don't win the hard copy and say you are a trucker, I know there's a couple truckers out there. The, the dude from Kokomo is a trucker. You may want to listen to this book while you're driving. So check it oh. out. A Trucker's Tale, Wit, Wisdom, and True Stories from 60 Years on the Road by Ed Miller.
0: I think that's a wonderful book. And even if uh, you don't win it, uh, if you do share it, you know, check them out. Check it out on Amazon. You can probably order it up. Uh, it's neat, especially folks that are interested in, in the old tales from the road. I've got a, a good friend of mine who's a retired over-the-road trucker. And uh, I'll just say, especially the old-timer truckers, they were a, a tough breed. Dude, they saw some stuff. <sighs> oh,
1: yeah. yeah. I mean, you think about the technology that we have. I mean... When I go now, when I'm going wheeling, we got uh, we got ham radios and CBs and stuff that we sure. can we can talk for miles. Yep. You know, and if I get stuck somewhere, I can get somebody there instantly. I got recovery boards. We got we got winches. We got. Are you saying we're spoiled nowadays? I'm just saying we have every contingency <laughs> handled. I can't even imagine back in the day. You see some of these trucks, especially even on the cover. of This uh, I don't know what that thing is. 1950s truck. It looks like you're driving like a basic military vehicle. Yeah. And you're gonna get in that sucker, and you're gonna drive across the country. I met
0: a guy years ago. I was at a show, and he had a '58 Kenworth cab over, nice truck. And uh, I was talking to him. He says, "Yeah, he says my dad was a trucker for years. Da da da. Uh, you know, and he drove one just like this. That's why I bought it. And uh, he drove like through the mountains, through the Rockies, all the time. No air conditioning." Uh, No power steering. I mean, there's
1: nothing fancy in that thing. Dude, the seats in the 80s trucks and the 90s trucks are bad enough. Imagine what they were like in those 50s trucks.
0: There's also an old international series called the – it's a California uh, city, Um, Emeryville. The Emeryville uh, cab overs, the international trucks, they didn't have suspension. They had no springs. They had rubber, giant rubber like hockey puck bushings
1: over the axles.
0: Yeah, holy smokes! And, uh, yeah, my buddy Carl was talking about it, and he says, "Yeah, those Emeryvilles, they hurt your back after a while." And I'm like, well, you know, <laughs> just because the seat. Oh, well, they had no suspension in them.
1: Whoa, hardtail. So, it
0: was a hardtail semi. Insane. So cool. definitely check that book out, and we
1: appreciate Apollo Publishing for making that offer available to you folks out yeah, there. Yeah, and uh, stay tuned for the Facebook post. Make sure you like that, and you have a chance to win it. Booya! Should be pretty good odds because uh, you guys need to get more on our social media. That's right, get social. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> All right. Also, thanks again to our Patreon subscribers. Uh, if you are a Patreon subscriber, you can get preferential treatment and listen to cool things like our pre-show, which uh, tonight Daryl and I winged like oh I don't know like an hour long pre-show for our pre-Labor Day show here. We let talk about yeah. <laughs> We did. We usually do. Daryl's an angry man uh, he's a, all the time. Off, off the microphone. Oh my god. Yeah. Just, just lots of vitriol, and you'll never know unless you're a Patreon subscriber. <laughs> That's a tease.
0: <laughs> Speaking of teases, is
1: it about time to talk about our host? Yeah. You know what? I don't know. I don't know if you know this about Daryl Scott. You know, I, I always tell everybody. You know, he's an encyclopedia and all that. But did you know that this guy can handle the wood? <laughs> Cars, truck, or wood trim. Measure twice, <laughs> cut once. Or is it cut twice and after one measure? Either way, the curator of the North Peoria Auto (laughs) (laughs) Museum can do it all. Norm Abram and Tom Silva got nothing on this guy and his old garage stories. Oh, my goodness. Uh, That's pretty good. actually just called a guy to do some
0: (laughs) door jam work in my house. Oh, yeah, I
1: I saw where you kind of had thrown the towel. Awful, awful. Anyways,
0: uh, for those who don't know, Eric Stahl... From grilling up a killer rack of ribs or something else cool on the grill to chilling on a lakefront with a cold one, my co-host has his priorities straight. While others dream it, this guy does it. The man who always takes the road less traveled and then keeps going until that road ends and the fun really begins, he's Mr. Eric Stahl.
1: Thanks, but we always stay the trail because we are responsible, Daryl. Trade lightly and all that? When the trail ends, we stop. Okay. All right. All Unless right. it's an off-road park where they don't give a shit. Then, then you just keep keep rolling. <laughs> Sorry. Why yeah. not? I'll have, to, I'll have to edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> that <laughs> might be the there. first swear word we've had on the show. Yeah, it's all good. Yeah. Anyway, thanks for listening. And also, please, folks, remember, if you share it, uh, that means you're caring. Sharing is caring. That's how we get the show and the word of mouth out. Why? I need to edit that. Boop. Remember, share the show on all the social media outlets. I always say I share it on Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram. You name it, I'm sharing the show because that's the only way we can get the show out. Um, please, if you get a chance, share it and let everybody else know who if they're a gearhead as well. It's always good to tag people, too, that you might know yeah. who could be interested. Tag in. anybody. Yeah, why not? Tag
0: your first grade teacher. Why not? Tag Mary Barrow. Oh, geez, is she on social media she probably is <laughs> sure she is is managed <laughs> anyways um so it's been a little while I know you had some some escapades here and there uh but you're still working on some stuff what uh, what's been
1: going on with you brother oh my god I'm trying to think if if I've done anything in the garage here lately the Celica has had some problems it's got a whistling noise I think it, I think it's got a – we put a new snorkel on it uh. Like a month ago, and my wife notices now every time she goes a gas around forty miles an hour, it makes like a, a sucking noise, like a like a whistle. Yeah, dude, I felt everywhere around this thing. I don't know where it's sucking at. So I, don't, I it's a brand new snorkel. The old, hard, the old one turned in like porcelain. It was hard as a rock. Oh, wow. so I think it's got like a vacuum leak. it has got to have something. So yeah. that's 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 probably my current project. And then the the factory heat shield over the muffler on that ninety seven Celica is so hard you can't rip it off. One one of the tabs. Like rusted through, but the other one's still in place. Okay. And so it's kind of rattling, just every once in a while it hits. So she, my wife thinks that the car is going to explode. I've explained to her. It's, it's fine. R- it's really nothing. Yeah. Every once in a while you hear, mm, you know. It's just kind of annoying. Yeah. But she's sure the is falling apart. So that's probably the bigger project. And then my son tonight says he has some horrible exhaust noise. So while we're recording the show, we may actually hear his car pull up. I'm okay. not sure. Well, that's horsepower. I mean, Yeah, dude, I'm thinking of the manifold cracked or the cat converter blew out or something that. Uh, we could definitely have some more fun projects involved. Definitely. Yeah. Maybe yeah. we could learn how to stick weld. I
0: think you should. That's a good father-son <laughs> bonding experience, right? <laughs> you can get an old extra car battery out there. I want to start. Uh, <laughs> right. you got, some, got some shades. Anyway. This is an arc yeah. flash. Always good to get some
1: sunburn. I actually had a couple of cool things going on the last couple of weeks. Uh, yeah. Two, you, were, you were on the road again. Yeah. Two weeks ago, I was at uh, Autocross in Champaign County. Oh, okay. I, I'd taken over the Celica. Not Celica. I'd taken over the FRS and the Supra, and I didn't drive. I actually took a technician and my daughter and one of the salesmen over there, and uh, they all raced. I just basically stood back. I drove the trailer, uh, took the FRS over because we keep it on race tires. What do you guys
0: pull it? Would you pull it with your Tundra? I pulled it with my Tundra, nice. yeah.
1: And we had a, a nice featherlight trailer of the, of the dealerships. Mr. Forts, thank you. Uh, but here's how the, I learned something also, very valuable lesson we'll here. What's that? When you have a tandem wheel trailer, it's designed for the car to be centered on it. So, if you pull it beyond so you're closer to the uh, the tongue, yeah. then you're putting all that weight on the back axle of your truck. I'm an idiot. Was it squatting? Yeah. And the other thing about it was, I didn't realize that the fender came off on the Featherlight trailer. So I had my daughter pull the car up far enough. She could open the door on the car. Oh, okay. But you could just unclasp it like a Jeep hood. They got those little rubber, yeah. Yeah, those little clamps, spring whatever. clamps. And, uh, so, on the way home, it was a much smoother ride. Let me just put it once you center the car <laughs> over the axles.
0: Yeah, a lot of tongue weight. That yeah. usually gets hairy.
1: It was a terrible drive over there. Anyway, uh, no, but I facilitated. I took pictures. Uh, you know, I, I, I actually bought another helmet. My daughter brought her boyfriend. And, you know, the salesman and the technician brought his son. It was just a lot going on. And I'll be honest with you, they had 80 cars there. Oh, they wow. Ran, they ran 10 runs each. It was 800 runs that day between 10, 15. That's a lot. Oh, God, were they busy. i got to give Dean and the the crew at Champaign County tons of credit. Jason Daly was there from the the Central Illinois region because it was a a tri-event. Oh, I say tri-event. It was a tri-group event. It was Tri-States the Motorsports. There was Central Illinois region and SCCA all put on the event together. So a huge turnout. Yeah. It was massive. And I guess the day before, they'd actually had 100, 100 cars there. Okay. That's insane, man. Just
0: routing them through. I mean, you yeah. have to get them...
1: It's a, live, it's a live field all day. Yeah. They never stopped. They just kept going and going. It was It was mind-boggling how those guys can do it. So it was I, a two-day I, event. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, a lot of fun. Uh, but I give Dean and those guys a ton of credit. We're going to have Dean on the show. Dean's asked about it, so I'd, I'd like to get Dean's talk. You know, yeah, thoughts, it'd be good to catch up especially with Especially in the COVID time, because they, they've actually made a lot of concessions and changed a lot of things because of COVID. And Jason Daly from Central Illinois... Uh, he's talked a lot with me. We we spent some time while the announcers were giving out awards. We we're like, man, you and I just need to talk about what's going on in central Illinois. So anyway, that's that. Cool. How and the that, cars do? Um, you know, okay, so that's, that's funny. Uh, my daughter and Rich, the salesman, they were in the 55, 56 second, the first couple runs of the day. Of course, they're not super aggressive, but, you know, my daughter's getting a little faster every time, and she's hitting another second here, another second there. Jamie, my Master Tech shows up, never done this event ever in his entire life, never even been in an autocross, never even really driven the Supra in any kind of a racing event. Automatically pulls off like a fifty-three second his first he time. Just rips through it. It's stupid. <laughs> and I and so Jamie and I were I, I volunteered to be out on the field on the on the very end of the day to help out and mm-hmm. uh be a be a lane monitor. Um but we were watching all the vets come through all day, and we're, we're listening to the throaty exhausts, and we're listening to the quiet tires. There was a couple times a vet came like screaming up on me. It was like stealth mode because their tires were so soft yep. and so quiet. And I'm like, yep. we need those on the Supra. First yeah. off, the Supra needs to be noisier. It, it's a <laughs> little bit noisy, but it's not noisy enough. Yeah, okay. it gets a little tension. You know, the, when a when a Mustang or a Corvette's out there and they're jumping on, and you can hear it cackle. Yeah, there's something about it. There was a Lotus out there, though, that its exhaust noise sounded like something was wrong with it. You know? oh, really? They're no, like, oh, that's what it's supposed to sound like. But, dude, that sounds like the rear end's ready to fall out of things. It just <laughs> sounded like glass packed. It just sounded terrible. Just not good. But they're saying that's what design. Anyway, so nice tires that aren't squealing and uh, a nice exhaust that's throaty. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be the first couple things we do on that Super. But right now, we're still racing it straight out of the box. Drive it off the showroom floor, go autocross it. And you're still... You know, doing pretty good. Still on your competitive. Time. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's good. It's a good testament, and people can see kind of a baseline of what they can expect yeah. out of the box. And you know, what's nice about that is you just dial it in. If if all you got to do is a little bit of exhaust and some sticky tires, yeah, maybe some
1: light suspension. That's a great car. So Jason Daly was telling me this that they do a uh, test and tune day. It's a little bit extra to to sign up for it, but you can take as many cars out there as you want, and you have open access to the track. You just keep driving mm-hmm. out there, and you and you can drive two cars side by side. And my our trained race car driver Harper. It would be awesome to have him go out there with the FRS and the Supra, and just see Let's if we can tweak these two cars out. Yeah, yeah. They're saying if we set some camber stuff on the Supra, it'll actually get better handling. But again, tires I think will help too.
0: Yeah. Um, well, and a lot of that stuff is still. I mean, the car's platform is new for Toyota, but yeah. is it a proven platform? Yeah. Underpinnings for BMW. Yeah, it's the yeah. M4
1: platform. So. Yeah. So
0: I imagine you could probably get a little bit uh, adjustable
1: uh, suspension or yeah. coil. No, we could change stuff. some stuff, and we could. Uh, there's lowering springs. Oh, believe me, dude. There's all kinds. Yeah, of stuff. Yeah, the sky's the limit. But uh, no. Anyway, so that was fun. And then uh, last weekend, I went up to Silver Lake Dunes. We've been planning the Silver Lake Dunes trip for months. And uh, one of my service advisors, Janice, she's a Jeep person. She's like, I want to go Silver Lake. I'm like, let's plan it. Let's get the Airbnb. We'll get a yeah, couple people yeah. together. As soon as I threw the invitation out on the Forty Trail team page, I had like five or six people say, I want to go, I want to go. As it turned out, Labor Day weekend was better for some people, but to get an Airbnb, yeah. it was nuts. It was a lot easier to get it last weekend. So, sure, sure. so I, I had a, I had missed my wife and our, our anniversary, our 25th anniversary, because I was oh, in Colorado. Yeah, so uh, so I made sure to invite Angela on this trip, and we went a day early. And her and I kind of meandered all the way up, you know, Western Michigan. It was great; the weather was perfect. If you ever been up Western Michigan shores, beautiful towns. But Silver Lake is uh, Silver Lake Dunes is close to what? what? Ludington is probably the closest okay. city. Uh, so it's five and a half hours from here. All right, and I would say it's about three hours up the uh, the coast of Michigan. But just beautiful territory. All these little, like, seaside inlet towns. It almost reminds you of New England. Sure. You know, bucolic, just country settings with sailboats just sitting in these little bays. Oh, God, I love it. Uh, nice but there's no industry. You couldn't live there.
0: Well, you could now if you work remotely, I guess. Yeah, you know,
1: that's true. I never thought about that. But I don't have that kind of job. <laughs> um, but, no, well, we got an Airbnb, had five couples up there, all brought their Toyota trucks and uh, went to Silver Lake Dunes, which is a state park. You got to buy a DNR tag to go there, but then you pay a $9 interest fee, and you are surrounded by these crazy dune buggies, the, the likes of which I've never seen. Some look like starships on wheels. They just, like super heavily modified. Just fly through the air with the greatest Vs, man. Yeah. Uh, cool stuff. They're like, a, they're like a harpoon just flying through They hit a dune and just fly for like a country mile. And here we are. are They powered with like the the older style VW motors. No, these things are bigger than that. Okay. Yeah, this kind of reminds me of these new uh, side by sides where you see like they got like the big engines in them. Yeah. Yeah, and the guys are wearing the goggles. It almost looks like something out of the the Road Warrior, you know? know? Right. But uh, no, it was fun to watch those. But we were out there with our Toyota trucks, and uh, the first thing you do when you go into a park like that, they're like, "Oh, you got to make it up the ramp into the park. And if you don't make it up that, then you haven't aired down enough." Well, I got really paranoid. I'm like, I don't know what this guy's saying. As soon as I got on that first track, I'm like. This is nothing. Okay. So I don't know. But he's probably thinking the guy's going to show up there who don't have a clue. So we got out there and we went to Test Hill, which is the very first hill of the day. You're supposed to, if you can get up Test Hill, then you can get through every hill in the park. And for the record, you're in
0: Tree Hugger, which is a 2010.
1: 2010. uh, Forerunner? It's a Forerunner Trail Edition. It's pretty stock. It's got a little spacer lift on it with uh, Total Chaos upper control arms, but nothing special. Uh, Got general tires. They're 31s. I don't think there's anything special there. Maybe they're 33. They're 33s. Um no, they're 31s.
0: I should know that. Nice nice proven rig
1: though. Anyway, it was uh the, I got up the very first test hill got up there the first time and I we watched the FJ behind me not make it, the Land Cruiser behind me not make it, the Tacoma that came with us, he went up everything.
0: The Tacoma was awesome, by the way, and we'll share some pictures in the
1: post. Yeah, the Tacoma, uh, the flying Tacoma, we now call it skipping stone. I think the horsepower, plus he had stock tires on it. He could get all the torque he wanted out of that thing. Anybody, it, just,
0: it just grabbed everything. Yeah,
1: anything that was on oversized tires, you automatically re- reduced you know, your wheel spin, and then the sand got wet because it was raining that first day. Uh, it got a little trickier and trickier all day as it rained and rained. Yeah. You you'd dig through the top layer of dark sand, and then you'd find white sand underneath it. And Your truck just wasn't making up these dunes. It was kind of cool. We went sure. back the next day, and uh, the light, loose sand as it dried, so much fun. Your wheels just spin like crazy, and you can go. In. It's almost like driving through snow.
0: I was going to ask. I, I yeah. have never been on sand with a vehicle, so yeah. I, you know what kind of considerations is it is. It's like snow. I, I would mean? call
1: it like like a, a tacky snow. Yeah, okay. yeah. I, I didn't know what to expect. And some of those dunes are massive. I don't know if you saw some of the pictures, but yes, yeah. yeah you're talking a couple of them like hundred feet tall. You know, dude, it was fun. And it was addictive, too, because it's really just a big loop park. You drive around. I don't know how many acres it is. It's it's pretty massive, but it's like a big ring road, and you got to do the same thing. You can't go backwards on the dunes, obviously, because otherwise people kill each other.
0: Yeah. So everybody has
1: to go the same direction, and then you get out towards the beach. You can drive back and forth. But uh, you do the ring a couple times, and all the wives in the pastor seats are like, meh, meh, whatever. My wife's like, I'll sit at the beach. Like I understand completely. I give you credit for being this patient because honestly, when you're hitting these dunes and and I'm in if I'm in the passenger seat, and I'm watching me trying to navigate some of these ups and downs, these whoops. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm literally jumping on the brakes a couple times not to try and slide into a whoops. But you have no response. You're in sand. Yeah, you're you know, not so stopping. So now I'm sliding, and all of a sudden the front of the truck just goes, boom! You know, it just, it just <laughs> hits it. dune. And
0: uh, well, everybody's seen YouTube clips and videos yeah. of stuff of people just giving it hell and then yeah. jumping and getting way too much air. Oh, yeah.
1: And so that was the deal. The picture we'll share is uh, Drew flying through the air in his Tacoma. And all I did is I'd gone up. This was the second day we were there. I said, listen, man, I'm going to get in this next dune. You've been hitting them all and just giving a little height on all of them. I'm gonna grab some pictures and put it in sport mode on the camera, yeah. and just pull up there and just and just hit it. Well, he got it. That was the biggest <laughs> jump of the day. And, and and in hindsight, after watching some videos after we were done, oh my god, he could have rolled that truck. He could have, he could have busted the radiator. Yeah. He could have blown every airbag in the truck. That's what if, I was. If you s- would have landed wrong, <laughs> right. but does it work? And he's like, oh no, I knew what I was doing. I left the gas just right, and this. I'm like. B.S.
0: Dude, you had it little was a little bit of luck and a little bit of puckering
1: <laughs> with a little luck. We can make anyone. Anyway. Well, um,
0: that's what you always see. In the tr- you know, like the the one with the, I keep thinking of is the, the red Silverado that lands and like every airbag goes off. I think
1: it's like a Ford Raptor. Or something. There's one yeah, Raptor one
0: yeah. that also just gets totally like the suspension blows out and it's like. Wow. That, and that's
1: a testament to the Toyota product too because he's driving mm-hmm. a bone stock to come out there. It's a 2011. Yeah, it look a little older It's so. original. Everything's original. He did the tires are a little bit larger. But no. There's nothing that's special cool about the suspension and, and when he hits the dune the, the the front springs compress like crazy and then you watch him release as it comes up through the pictures. And that's what got him his height, and that's what kept him balanced. The videos I've watched with these other guys, yeah, they had no compression. They, they take a blown-out Chevy truck with blown right. shocks, and they, they pedal the metal, man. We're going to jump right. this dude. And they just it, did it with speed. And the truck just flies out of control. So <laughs> uh, anyway. <laughs> it was good, good stuff. Time. Yeah, we took the wives, and we got the Airbnb, and that was the first time taking a trip with the wife to do this type of thing in a while. She kind of complained a little bit during the whole thing, and then... You know, yesterday, she's like, I really enjoyed that trip to Michigan. We should do that again. I'm like, okay. okay. So, their tune changed. So yeah. It was good.
0: Yeah. Well, some of it is stressful, too, I imagine. Like, does she like the, the autocross stuff or the, the, no. the road rally stuff better? Oh, the
1: road r- – I think the road rally she likes, but that last road rally, God, I don't even know I got into her and I were in a little rough. Mur- we're going to murder each other. But I think we were competing with the daughter. I think that's what did that. Maybe.
0: Yeah. yeah. You, know, you get a little <laughs> a little competitive yeah. amongst the family. Yeah.
1: So anyway, well, it's good. I'm glad you guys. As, had as usual, Daryl. You know, I, I'm just going to say, let's have 20 minutes about Eric. Let's just yeah. uh, that 20 minute segment about Eric and what he's doing.
0: Well, you do interesting stuff, and that's the thing. Uh, you're able to to get out and see the world and travel. And I
1: think we're making up for lost time. I think spring yeah. sucks so bad, and uh, you, you know, normally.
0: I, I mean, you had an overseas
1: trip planned. Yeah, oh, yeah, we had a bunch of stuff. Well, and yeah. and I remember just laying around at my bedroom for like all of March and April on the weekends doing nothing.
0: Like what are we doing? What's <sighs> gonna happen? What are they gonna open up? Yeah. Yeah. So, I, but get you. I
1: think we're coming to about the end of all the off-road stuff and uh and the autocross stuff. I know they're having one this weekend here for Labor Day, but I won't be making that. So. And Rantoul or yeah, and Rantoul. Okay. I dude, I give those guys credit. They, they get, do it, they do it. it. They want they want to race. They want to have fun. People come from all over the place. I love seeing all those cars. There were so many vets yeah, you know, lotuses. There was a Lamborghini this time. Ooh, yeah, That'd be kind of a fun. green Lambo and uh, you know, three hundred thousand dollar car out there. Okay, it's so just ripping it. Yeah, and that dude wearing flip flops, rolling a fifty three or whatever. You know, yeah, it's just oh, yeah, you know, he's he's like, I got to get out of here. I got a jet ski. Call my name. I'm you like, it. I hate you. <laughs>
0: you're like, what do you do for a living? And are you hiring? Yeah, exactly. He's a
1: uh, dent and ding removal. That's what we could figure In out. Which one? He does a dent and ding removal service,
0: uh, a PDR guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, there's probably a lot of money in that right now. I
1: know there is. Yeah. After going through a hailstorm here at Forts here recently, so good times. Yeah. Anyway, so that's that's enough about me, Daryl. But uh, let suffice to say, uh, it's been a good wheeling year, even though COVID tried to steal it from me. That's right.
0: No, you made the most of it, and your your trusty your trusty steed, Tree Hugger still still taking. Yeah, yeah. Did it was, roll 200,000 miles did yeah, I see that? Yeah,
1: yeah, and I caught the picture at 204. I'm like, I told everybody, like, I think it's a hit 200 on the way home and then I looked down I'm like, "Oh, I missed it." it. I always I uh, did the same thing. <laughs> Every car I've turned 100,000 or whatever
0: in, I always miss it. I felt like such a schmuck. I was looking forward to that. <laughs> it's frustrating. Yeah, there's one I missed on the way home from work. I'm like, "Oh, I'm going to document this is cool." And then it's like, you know, you get home and it's like
1: 100,020. And like, yeah. great. Oh, whatever. Total sidebar on that. Yeah, uh, Tree Huggers had a tire vibration for a while, and one of my technicians, balanced tire, who no longer works for me, by the way, had said, "Man, you got one tire that's messed up on this. You know, you can't, you can't get it balanced." And I'm like, "Okay." So I trusted him, and I've been driving this truck for like four or five months with a tire that shakes like crazy every morning. I leave my driveway, steering wheel's hopping, mm. and so before I left this time, I had a new kid I just hired from and. And I said, and he's a tire guy and everything. I'm like, hey, take a look at this tire. Just see what you think. If you can get even a better, move it to the back of the truck, whatever you got to do. Yeah. He goes, oh, it was counterweighted. The guy just put weights on either side of the wheel. He balanced the tire. I drove it to Wisconsin or Michigan. And I'm like, oh, the truck drives like brand new again. No problem. I honest to God think that I was just, in my head, I'm like, this, it's it's time. The tires are screwed. The rims are screwed. Yeah. You know, yeah. that was one of those things. It's so tactile. You feel it. Right. And it was driving me nuts. And, and now I'm like trigger go three hundred thousand miles. You know, th- I, in my mind, I'm like, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, yeah.
0: I, I think it might. I, I fell in love again. Let's just put
1: it that one. You got you got
0: reunited. reunited.
1: We well, we re romance reconnect
0: there. <laughs> it's good to do. It's good to do once in a while. And I know that thing is. Uh, it's been through hell and high water, literally. But uh, it's nice to see it. <laughs> and it's, it's 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 fun to see something that's got some patina that's. It's got some stories to it. Yeah. And that truck definitely does. It's it's not something that somebody put a lift kit on. It's like, it looks pretty. Yeah. It looks
1: like it's done stuff. It yeah. actually, it has. No, it <laughs> has. That's the best thing. And I adjusted some stickers on it. I, I recommitted some stuff and cleaned some stuff off. That's There's something about the stickers. The stickers. Yeah. I, and it's so stupid. No, it's not. Yeah. But it's like, it's been to these places. So now, if you were ever to get a new truck, yeah, what it's do you do? disingenuous to, to buy stickers for all the places you've been with that, you know. Treehugger's got the provenance. It's been to these places, so I. God, I love that truck. Well, <laughs> when you retire it, whenever that day may come, just take it. I just feel class. like it should be on the showroom floor, you know, as a museum piece. It's it's yeah. I don't know. Or anyway. like to the top gear Toyota. Yeah. It just becomes part of the set yeah, yeah. for your TV show. Just hide it away in, a, in an off building somewhere. <laughs> Don't sell it. Just you know, tell stories yeah, about it. I think so. Yeah. I think anyway, cool. I, Daryl, that is enough about me. As Four minutes ago, I thought we were done talking about me, no, and I, I pulled you back that's into fine. it. So, just when I
0: thought it was out. Yeah. So I talked back.
1: about your woodworking escapades at the beginning of the show. Awful. What's going on at the uh, Scott Auto Museum in North Peoria? Oh, not much. Uh,
0: storm doors. Storm doors. Our house didn't have storm doors. <laughs> And my wife, uh, storm door, storm door, storm door. That's pretty much what my wife has been saying for six months. I want storm doors. It's because she wants the screens, a little breathability in the house. Yes, fresh air. Uh, And we're both working from home. So she, you know, we got that going for us. But, uh, yeah, her whole thing was fresh air. And and I get it. Um, So we bought three new storm doors. I get it. Ordered them through Menards and, uh, of course, their special order, of course, the special color, you know, all this stuff.
1: Oh, you have an odd size. That house built in 72. Right.
0: it's – you name it. So I got one put in. That was a nightmare. And then the front door Do it was yourself? Put in. Yeah. Yeah. The back one wasn't that bad, but um, the front – long story short, need to fur out the entire jam. The door was shimmied. Like somebody put replacement doors in the house. They put it up on a threshold like a spacer. Sure. And so now the, the actual top part of the brick mold around the door is underneath it, – it basically the, – the soffit, it disappears under the soffit. Oh, no. So I'm looking at that, and I, I bungled. So you can't marry it to nothing. No, I actually have to fur the entire jam out like an inch and a half and then bring the storm door down. It's a joke. I actually had a guy come uh, – a good recommendation from a listener, and I uh, appreciate that, uh, Brent. Um he actually said, "Hey, call my call my buddy who runs a construction company, and he could probably do that." So He came out today, and he's like, "I can tell you exactly what you need to do, or you know, you can hire us, and we'll do it." Or a Molotov it. cocktail, take care of the whole thing. So I said, "I'm done. I want you guys to do it." <laughs> um, Just standing there, sweating It was awful. Well, it's the trims—it's all that nitty-gritty trim stuff that I hate on yeah. a car. I don't mind it. Yeah. You know, I, I'll spend four—you know, four days—you know, polishing and you know, p- making a car finish perfect. And then go get, you know, tree sap dropped on it. But the the house trim stuff I hate. So anyways, I'm going to hire that out so I can do dumb stuff like uh, go to Iowa and pick up garbage car parts that I need for my Plymouth. Yeah,
1: so that, that leads back to the Betsy Ross part because, you know, <sighs> listeners – Stitching seats is just like Betsy Ross, right? <laughs> anyway, right. what do you got? So Daryl sends me his picture. It's like a, a black bench seat, and I'm looking at. him like, what is this? I thought it was a joke because he'd sent me a picture earlier in the day of a Wendy's table, which was amazing. It was like the original yeah. Wendy's table had like the old newspaper cutouts on. Them. I'm like, I remember those tables. Those things were cool. Old eighties, like, Wendy's and, tables. And so I made the joke about, oh, you need chairs to match it. And then he sends me the picture of this black bench seat, and I'm like. That's a crappy seat yeah, for that table. That's garbage. <laughs> that doesn't even
0: match. <laughs> now, I've been uh, hunting the, the 58 Plymouth uh, project car that I bought uh, back in May, the, the early days of COVID, uh, when I had thought I had all this time. Yeah, I was going to work on it in the summer. And it was going to be great. It's a joke. Um, <laughs> the car didn't have any interior. The car was actually repainted, sat in a body shop from I didn't mid-90s. know you had nothing. You had nothing? I have nothing.
1: You have a dashboard?
0: Yeah, a, okay. a dashboard. Two little recovered armrests and a recovered padded dash, and that's it. Uh, I've got the the trim inside the windows, and that's it. Glass. But no seats, no door panels, no package shelf, no kick panels, nothing. And the story I got was the guy took the interior to an upholstery shop up in the Chicago area, and it disappeared, which I've heard happening in multiple cases. Because it turns out cars from the 50s and 60s, any old car that's popular, um, stuff is stupid expensive. Uh, if you have anybody that's in a Tri-5, you know, 55, 6, or 7 Chevy, the parts for that are, I mean, just ridiculous. And now people have kind of moved on to the 57 and 8 Plymouths. Anything that they call a forward-look Mopar era is ridiculous. If it has two doors, it's it's out of this world expensive. Really? Yeah. So uh, I've been trying to track down a good bench seat, and it has uh, – this car was a sixty forty bench seat. It's a two-door sedan, not a hard top, but still kind of popular. Um, and it was a really cool design. So if you're, you know, 60-40 split, getting in the back seat and the passenger side was super easy compared to, you know, GM and Ford. The trouble is a lot of the Chrysler stuff didn't hold up. Uh, it was just cheap pot metal, not made very well. Uh. So everything's either rusted or garbage or just non-existent. So I found one guy had a seat in Buffalo, New York, front seat and back seat. He's like, yeah, how about 500 bucks? And he sends me pictures, and it's just it's like a rusted shell of springs. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I'll think about it. And then a guy up in uh, Alberta had some, and he said there might be some problems trying to get stuff over the border because of all the COVID and all the trade stuff. My uh, dear
1: listener, know that I offered to go to Alberta with Daryl. Yes, so you know.
0: he did. He did. He'd be down for a road trip, um, but... I just didn't want to go all that
1: far. That's a long drive. Did, so, you, did you look it up?
0: I did. Uh, <laughs> it was it was like six years and four months. <laughs> now I actually wouldn't mind going up there because the guy actually has a bunch of parts cars. And he's got a YouTube channel and stuff, and I follow him. He's fun. But then I found one last night or two nights ago, uh, two minutes after the guy posted it in one of my groups. And the guy was in Iowa. He's like, I got a bench seat for a 58 Plymouth two-door sedan. And it needs everything. He's reupholstered and all that. And I'm like. Mm, yeah, you know I'll, I'll, I'll message him, and I was the first guy to do it, and then like right after me is like eleven replies. Like, could you still have it? Do you still have it? I'm like, dude, I will PayPal you money to hold it. Like, I yeah, just yeah. I need this thing. Yeah, and he's like, well, you know, if you need any other parts, I'm stripping this parts car, so just give me a list. I gave him a list. He's got ninety percent of what I need. Oh man. So like door panels, all the st- and and the, everything's ratty. Everything's terrible. But unlike the Chevys, I can't order. Like I can't go to like a, a you know not Rock Auto, but like you know, Eckler's classic Chevy and order a complete interior for the car. I actually have to have it built from scratch and I'd much rather have it built using patterns, original patterns and sizes and all that. Even if it's garbage, I can take that to, you know, maybe the upholstery shop in Bloomington or something. So the
1: interior, the interior upholstery, like in the door panel and stuff like that would have been made of plywood or something or what did they use? It was almost like a, like a paperboard, uh,
0: not Luan, but, uh, what's the other, not Masonite, some other kind of material like that as a backer. And then they they would spray in a contacts uh, adhesive. Cement, yeah. Yeah, and then they put this vinyl with a fabric insert and these pretty cool little stainless pieces of trim that yeah. get stapled in. So not having any of that, I didn't want to just go to Home Depot because I, I know guys that will do that. They'll go to Home Depot just, and they'll, just make a sheet and then just yeah. put something soft on there and then cover it with upholstery. And to me, that just looks like yeah. absolute tacky crap. So I wanted to actually have an original piece that I could use, if nothing else, for a guide and then to take the trim. Because the, I can't the chrome pieces. Yeah. Because yeah. I
1: can't find those. So and they're real metal, right? Correct. Yeah.
0: So that's I'm gonna drive all the way up to Makokota. It was Dubuque. We just changed the venue here, uh, as the show started. Dubuque, Dubuque, guy's out in like <laughs> Western Iowa, so he's like, I'll meet you somewhere closer. I'm like, okay. So Makokoda. Uh, so if I don't come back for next episode, that's what happened. I got abducted in a quick trip parking yeah, lot.
1: You got shanked. How okay. much well I mean, how much money cash money are you gonna have on you? A lot. <laughs> A
0: lot, because st- not only does he have this, but he also has, um, I just gave everything away. Uh, he's got the side stainless trim outside the car Ooh. that I need. Uh, Which is worth its weight in gold, probably. Yeah, it's yeah. all the crap that I need yeah. that I can't find, and this this will this will work out good. So that's what I've been working on. I'm going to go pick that up, um, and then I also got the 55 Plymouth brakes dialed in. I, I think the last show I was talking about having to adjust them again. Yeah. And go so through car, that. cars and coffee, what are you going to bring? I'm probably going to bring the 55 okay. um, just because it's it's out and everything's roadworthy and I just enjoy driving it. Um, so I'm going to do that on Cars of Coffee on Saturday. And then there's a Labor Day car show in Delavan. I'm going to try to hit up. And I'm not sure what I'm going to bring to that, but probably something American. Cool. Yeah. So cool. we'll see. I have not gotten half as much done this summer as I wanted. Yeah. Just because it. of just schedules. Oh,
1: but I see all these pictures of you and the wife and the family working on the house, painting and doing stuff. I mean, a little bit. If you throw that in there. Yeah. A little bit. But I'm telling you, that Wendy's table, is it still available? I think it is. Because I think I might throw in 25 on that. Do you want to buy it? It could could be the the podcast table. Podcast table, especially in your garage. We need that.
0: I'll see if it's still available tonight. (laughs) Honestly, that would be the coolest thing. Oh, yes. By the way, did it get any better than Wendy's in the 80s? Wendy's today is kind of like, meh. Yeah. Wendy's back in the day... Like, their fries used to be good. But the
1: Frosties first came out. That was, like, the hottest thing in the world. I Oh, remember God. That. Yeah. Frosty. You know, and, the, and the salad bar. The, Dude. The Wendy's Super Bar was the pinnacle of any fast food oh, yeah, chain. absolutely. When that started disappearing, I was like, I'm not coming back to Wendy's. And I I honestly Stop probably going. stopped going. <laughs> yeah. Because I think you could pay, like, three ninety nine and have, like, Yes, salad
0: bar. You had, it was three ninety nine for an unlimited, or yeah. you could do a dollar ninety nine one trip. Dude, three ninety nine.
1: Yeah, I would. I would load my whole plate up and then just dump the chili <laughs> all over everything. Just douse it. It was the best.
0: Oh my goodness. We should do our, our other podcast. Is going to be fast food memories. Yes, yeah. With Eric and Daryl. <laughs> We're going to talk about things like Rack's Roast Beef. Yeah.
1: Oh, dude, Rack. Oh, yeah. Rack's. Yeah, right. yeah, I remember right. Rack's. Anyways. Now, one thing I'll say about this, because we were talking about the interior trim. Yeah. Angie and I stopped, and we looked. There was a Volkswagen Cabriolet for sale up in uh, oh, somewhere yeah. north of New Buffalo. So, uh, we, uh, we took Lakeshore Drive, the Red Arrow Highway, and we took the Blue Star Highway. Blue Star Highway. Highway, yeah. Yeah, we took both those roads, because you know, we try and take the, the back roads and try and be along the lake the whole time. Sure. Well, there was a green Cabriolet sitting on the side of the road, but it was an automatic. So it was automatically out But the interior trim panels, Angela goes, oh, look at those things. They're falling apart. And I'm like, yeah, they were probably cardboard or really thin plywood. And once they got wet a couple times, they started to peel back. Yeah. And I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, you just have to take apart all the upholstery and just measure out those boards and cut them again. And you could make them. They, right. You could go to Menards and get anything you need. Even yep. if you want to make them in plastic stock, you could probably do that too, right? Yeah, I've seen guys make uh, uh, like
0: bathroom fixture, like shower walls. They'll yeah. do something yeah. that's moisture, uh, what do you call it, prohibitive, yeah. uh, especially for ragtops and stuff. And they'll do that, and they'll just hit it with the... You know, super 77 adhesive and put some new stuff on there, good to go. Not a bad idea, uh, but a lot of that stuff just didn't hold up, especially if it was something that was sitting in a barn with the windows down for 50 years. It's
1: just mold, mildew. Well, that green convertible, as much as we loved it, and we didn't even call to find out the price because it was an automatic. Yeah. The automatic totally kills that car. I told Angela when we pulled up, I said, I'll bet you it's an automatic because if it were a stick, it'd probably be sold. Gone. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Those come up every once in a while, and there's a lot of them that are in beautiful condition, great condition, and there's others that have just been dragged,
1: and driven hard. And I like those things. I thought they were cool. And then my buddy. <laughs> we owned one. And Did you so guys that, have that, one? That's the fondness Angeles. She had a red one oh, wow. with, the, with the cladding on it. The yeah. Ext- and uh, it had a it white a, top with a white interior with that, like, the Kraftwerk square patch interior. It was just it was it was terrible. Was it the Wolfsburg edition? No, it wasn't a Wolfsburg. No. But uh, it was a cool little car, and it was a stick shift. And nice. dude, she drove the heck out of it. And I remember we changed a timing belt on it. That car was like a lawnmower engine. I mean, it's yeah. a little four cylinder, little one point eight in it. <laughs> but, but talk probably. about easy and easy to get to. Everything was wide open. That car.
0: They were they were great cars. By the time they ended production of those, uh, they still were running that one point eight. I think in some of the like the Fox and the Jetta, the later Jettas and stuff like. That. I mean, it's just a great workhorse yeah. of a motor. In fact, I think they even put it in the Corrado when the Corrado came out. Oh, and they're yeah. like. Uh, we'll just put a supercharger on it, call it a sports car. Yeah. And they did. And you know,
1: neat Durable little, little motor. Durable little motor. Yeah, right on. All right. Well, look, be on the lookout. I'll find, I'll find a stick for you. Don't do it. Don't do it. I'm telling you, don't do it. All right. Speaking of choices. Yeah. So this is Daryl's segment of the show, but uh, I jumped on this week because I knew Daryl was a busy guy, and I said, you know what I'm going to do? Appreciate that. I'm going to find, I'm, I'm going to go back to like uh, 1985. This is when I was a kid, when I was 16, these all would have been cars that uh, would have been in my wheelhouse of of dream cars. Not necessarily because I was always a Chevy Cavalier guy like you, but I went to this website, basically typed in 1985 sports cars, and it came up with a list of, of really cool import cars. And so for Race Daily Kill. Here are your choices, Daryl. Excellent. I can't wait. I need a little. Uh, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. some uh, 80s music. Yeah, some 80s music. Set the Wayback machine. Boingo bo- boingo in the background here. There you go. Yeah. Uh, we, the choices today for the Race Daily Kill that I have selected here are a 1985 Mazda RX 7 with the Wonka motor putting out 135 horsepower as it probably revs out at 9,000 RPMs. (laughs) That car was $15,000. We also have a 1985 Honda CRX with a 1.5 liter, 76-horsepower car that got 28 miles per gallon back in the day, which I thought these cars got about 55 miles a gallon. Yeah, I thought they did better. Now, yeah, the sticker price in that car was about half the price of the RX-7 at $7,000. And then I threw in a domestic just for fun, Daryl. The All 1985 right. Pontiac Fiero mm. is definitely the icon, probably, of the, these three cars nowadays. I think the Fiero still has a following, shockingly enough. That does. car had the biggest engine at 2.5 liter, but it was only putting out 92 big torque horsepower, I imagine. Got 21 miles a gallon, and the car stickered at $8,000, which compared to the Honda CRX, seems like a bargain. It does. Considering it was like a fiberglass little mid engine cool little car. Yeah. On paper. Now the rules of the game are we're gonna race one. Yeah. We're gonna daily one. Okay. And we're gonna kill one. Okay. And you know, when I I did this, I thought to myself, Well, if I'm gonna race any of them, it's gonna be the rx seven. I'm thinking that Wonka motor, the one point three liter with the hundred and thirty five horsepower, I mean shoot, it's nearly twice that of the C R X. But the CRXs are hot out there on the autocross course right now. As a matter of fact, there's a CRX that runs with... The, I don't know if he's got a supercharger or a turbo or what. He is a top-tier guy. The wheelbase, yeah. the shortness, and the, and that car is like a square. It's as wide as it is long. Is it an old one like this? Yeah, it's an old okay, one just okay. like this. Fun car. Yeah. But I just think that this car screams like a, like a banshee on the course if I'm driving it. So I'm racing the RX-7 all day long. But that car's $15,000 back in 1985 dollars. Dude... This car is basically a $50,000 car in today's dollars, right?
0: Yeah. If you did a, the whole you know inflation yeah. calculator, yeah. it's probably up there.
1: Yeah. And I'm going to daily the Honda CRX because I love the CRXs. I love their little flat back with their little bonus window in the back, kind of like my Prius has now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also love the fact that they got about 50 miles a gallon, even though the door panels are probably about as thin as a comic book. <laughs> and If I got in an accident, I would die instantly. Um, so I was going to daily that thing just because it would be practical, right? I think so. Yeah. And then I was going to kill that Fiero because I really I don't care about the torque I care about the noise a 2.5 liter only put out 92 horsepower to me seemed ridiculous but in retrospect I really do think that price point at eight thousand dollars for the Fiero pretty good so I'm I'm having second thoughts but because these are my three choices the Fiero dies You're going to stick with it yeah okay well you're a
0: man of principle and I value that <laughs> uh, I have to say I'm I'm in lockstep with you here oh, are you I am uh, I would I would I would race the RX seven just because. Uh, that rotary engine is just a blast when it runs, yep. <laughs> when it makes compression, it's a, it's a great motor, even if it's getting terrible mileage, which I think is what was kind of the death knell for those. Okay. Even all the way up to the rx Do you think the EPA kind of jumped all over those? Yeah, they, they, they kind of frowned upon them. I think they probably, uh, especially the later ones, they started doing, you know, turbos. And I mean, there's some crazy rotary stuff out there. Uh, an insane amount of power can be made. There's lots of, especially in Australia, um, uh, Australia, they there are so many RX threes and early seventies Mazdas that have like thousand horsepower <laughs> rotaries, you know thirteen B deals that have been just blown out. Yeah, um, it's cool. However, um, apex seals those the, the, basically the things that keep that thing making compression they wear out and the more the more power you throw at them it's just it's harder on them so (laughs) I think that's kind of why they they fell out of favor I had a a couple friends over the years that had those and none of them ran or they ran barely and they wound up either ripping them putting a small block or some Ford motor or something in it or just parting it out which is really sad because I think they're a great design but I would still I'd race that I'd daily the CRX for the same reason you said I think it'd be a fun car I had a friend of mine uh, he had an older brother uh, and he had one just like that, is an '85 or '6. Is the you know the single headlight deals? Yeah. And I think the secret to those is I believe they had torsion bar suspension in them. Okay. Uh, I think the later ones, I think '89, whenever they kind of downsized even more, kind of the jelly bean,
1: which still nice. Looking they did. Design. They smoothed them out, and they were still cool. They, and they, that was the last. And after that, they were done being cool
0: correct yeah now they i remember seeing one in a dealership when my grandpa bought his 90 civic and they had a, a, a it called the HF it was called like the highway flyer the <laughs> honda civic CRX HF which is just a lot of <laughs> letters to throw at it but i think those got insane amount of mileage back when the geo metros were pulling in 50 something i think these were you're right also. you're right and they they smoothed them out a little more aerodynamic but these CRX's were great i remember riding with my friend jay In his brother's car. Went to get pizza one night or something. He's like, let's take my brother's car. You got this little CRX. It's fun to drive. And Jay and his brother were into autocrossing before I was. And they kind of got me into it um, when I was doing it years ago. And that CRX, I remember we were taking a turn off of uh, the main road into his parents' subdivision. And the speed limit on that road was like 45. And I swear to God... He didn't let off the gas. We went from the road going forty, forty-five, and just made like—I swear to God—it was like a ninety-degree turn. It just went boop, and just went right into the subdivision. Uh. And I'm holding pizza, you know, just like <laughs> fat kid, just sitting in there. My head's hitting the glass, and I look over at him, and he's like, "How do you like that?" And I'm like, "That's ins- this car is insane. It handles yeah. like it's on rails." <laughs> so the CRX would be fun. The Fiero was cool. If you had the 2.8 in there, the little V6s in those, they flew pretty well. Yeah. And being fiberglass cars, they were light. The Iron Duke, the 2.5, the base four-cylinder that most of these had (laughs) were just terrible. They were anemic. (laughs) And I kind of felt bad uh, because I should like them.
1: These were the cars probably that gave them the bad name.
0: Yeah, the early ones. The yeah. second ones, the second gens, I think the 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 GTs came out in 87, and they were a little wider. They'd redone the suspension. This actually, a lot of people don't notice uh, about the Fiero, but it's parts bin engineering. So they spent a lot of money on the fiberglass and on the, the mid-engine chassis. Parts bin engineering. They took the front suspension off the Chevette. Oh. So the Seriously? Chevette- Swear to God, it's the same, same underpinnings in the front as a, a Chevette. So like control arms, all that stuff like that. So- it, And they handle okay, yeah. But the second gens, right when you know, I think they made them two years and then they phased them out. uh, The second gens were really the car we should have gotten, kind of like the Corvair, or kind of like a lot of other cars that GM has come out with, where it's like (laughs) the first attempt was really, really good, but the second attempt they nailed it, but the damage was done. So yeah, the car already had a black eye. Yeah. Anyways, that's our pick. Uh, We're in Lockstep. Would we
1: agree? We agreed this I week. I think we did agree this week. Holy cow. Holy smokes.
0: <laughs> that's great, though. All right. Thanks
1: for going old school. Yeah, not a problem at all. All right, so you tuned in to the show probably to hear the news, and uh, you've suffered long enough with all of our, our fun projects in the meantime. Let's go to the headlines. we got some international news. Daryl, there's been this yellow Volkswagen electric bus that's been teasing mm. us for, what, Four or five years At now? least. At yeah. least. Yeah. So uh, this week, and this is, oh, shoot, what's it according to? It's uh, according to AdaptiveAuto.com. There's an article here that BW previews the electric bus. August 26th, Volkswagen's crafting a vehicle that is both nostalgic and retro. The ID Buzz is what they're calling this vehicle. It's reminiscent of the BW vans of the 70s, but will be the brand's first all-electric Microbus said to have a driving range of two hundred and seventy to three hundred and seventy three miles. That's a huge range. Hundred miles, are they saying highway versus around town? I don't know what that means anyway. Yeah. The ID buzz is among the latest of the autonomous models that Volkswagen has invested in in an effort to keep pace with the evolving industry and environmental concerns, according to Clean Technica. Volkswagen board member Joseph Bombert Baumgart- Baumgart- says that with the current measures we are systematically further implementing our strategy of automating and digitizing production it's rumored that the cost will be around $40,000 and will enter production in 2022 for a 2023 release date so fully electric and autonomous yeah i not you know the autonomous thing to me I, autonomy is becoming more and more present in all the new cars as far as uh Lane departure and auto braking sure, and, sure. and, All and the adaptive tank. cruise control and things like that. I just uh, so I wonder how much autonomous there is actually there. Whether it's like the Tesla autonomous, you can just flip it on and off. Uh, but this is you know you and I have been talking. We've been doing the show for just over two years, and I've, I said I think even on like show two or three when when Ford or Toyota or Volkswagen, which is Volkswagen's the largest manufacturer in the world, when Volkswagen decides to flip on the switch and have electric vehicles. They have the production, they have the network, they have the, uh, sure. the, the the parts supply. They know how to deal with manufacturing automobiles. They know how to support the sale after the fact. So this car, my kids get excited about. My kids have been excited about this car for two years. Right. When this goes into production and it's $40,000, and let's just say there's a $7,500 tax credit, and you can get this thing for $35,000, I'm not saying Tesla is toast. But this is the game now that Tesla's in. They're going to have to compete with the other manufacturers. And I think Volkswagen is showing right here that they, as good as anybody, can create something beautiful and iconic. I mean, the the Beetle has proven that for years. People buy a Beetle, even though it's not functional at all. They just like the look. Right. This microbus is is cool and it's functional. It's going to be a ton if it actually works out.
0: I totally agree with that. And I think it also is one of those designs and one of those cultural icons, the, the bus, the VW bus. That transcends generations. Younger yeah. kids are always going to think it's cool. Uh, people are going to who are in need of something that size but don't want an SUV or don't want a crossover, be yeah. like, oh, that's something new. And then you're going to have the folks like the boomers who grew up with one or had one in college or something, and they're going to be like, yeah. oh, sweet. Now I want to do this and get an electric one. I think it's going to be a success for them if if they if they actually pull it off. Like you said, we've been teased for years. There was a concept vehicle I think in the early 2000s even when the Beetle kind of resurged. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I think they did tease us then too. I'm like, "Oh, we might come out with the the bus again. Just do it already." Yeah. Uh, maybe this is this is the best best option to reinvigorate and maybe kind of I hate to say, like, uh, heal some of the damage that was done by the whole Dieselgate scandal. I think... I see. <laughs> do you think people are over that? I, I feel like they are. I feel like they are, but at the same time, VW doesn't have that... I don't know. People don't get a twinkle in their eye when they're like, yeah, I just bought a new Jetta. Like, it, it, it seemed like for a long time, even after the The Beatles uh, resurgence wore off. Yeah, uh, if somebody said I got a GTI or I got an R thirty two or something, I'm like oh, that's sweet, sweet. Yeah, and now it's kind of like
1: mm. well, and uh, like listener Brian, he would bought that Rabbit uh, last. That was a hot little car. Yeah, but they got rid of the the Beetle, and I mean the Passat used to be something. The Passat maybe has lost its luster, um, and the Jetta. I can't I can't even imagine a Jetta in my head right now because I don't think I've seen one in a while. Not
0: a new one. No, so I think that this is something that's going to get VW back on the, uh, you know, on the on the road to recovery, or at least people talking about VW again. Then it's a success already. Maybe it already is.
1: Yeah, I think it's gonna be cool. And so you look for that in twenty twenty three. All right, moving to national news, there was a great article in the Detroit Free Press, and it's about COVID nineteen has changed the way that people use their vehicles. Since the plurif- <laughs> easy word for me to say here, Daryl. Since the plurif proliferation... It is a tough one. Yeah, it I think that word. ...of the coronavirus pandemic, cars are taking even more functions, proving that they're not just for transporting people from point A to point B. Two separate surveys showed that many people are increasingly using their cars to get away from people that they live with. <laughs> Seriously? Get a chance, get a change of scenery, take a nap, or make a personal or business call, and get some me time or just feel normal again. Um, I mean, hmm. I have always... I, I guess I don't do it anymore. I don't usually take lunch breaks anymore. But there was a time when I would go out to my car every day and sleep in my car, Yeah. you know, and just have, you know, just have the windows down, have the radio going. If it was nice weather, uh, I know that. And I, I sit in my car and drive. I'll go anywhere. I'll drive anytime. I love my car, and yeah. and you know, and, and the Forerunners perfect example, or Celicas perfect example. I love them for that purpose. I love to think that maybe people are starting to appreciate automobiles again.
0: Yeah, a little bit. I think so. I've seen a lot more people taking uh, their lunch hours in the cars or in the work parking lot. You know, a book. You know, they'll put yeah. out a book and they, or they'll have some radio. You know, me, you know XM playing while they're just chilling, just yeah. getting out of it. Uh, that's fantastic. If that's what it takes to r- remind people that this the car is still like your another sanctuary. It's your little oasis. It's you know your vessel. It's your key to freedom. It's all of those things that you hear people say. We don't appreciate anymore, or you know, younger kids, younger. Well, they don't even want a car. Why would they want a car? They, yeah.
1: they, you know. But I heard that all the time. My kids, my kids would travel with other kids, be like I don't even want a car when I turn sixteen. I'm like, I'm like, I yeah. wanted to knock on their go, McFly, yeah. McFly, Hello, McFly, <laughs> Yo McFly, yeah. You don't know,
0: you don't get it though. This is actually, this is your little domicile, yeah, or can be, yeah, your little, your little safe space, yeah. And who doesn't need that? It's basically the doggy crate for humans. That sounds weird, but it's also something worth noting. People are using their cars differently, and they're also using their cars less. Have you had people that have talked about you know maintenance as far as you know? You get a call and be like, "Well, I don't. I haven't reached the mileage for my oil changes yet." Oh, but. it's
1: like crazy because all the people didn't drive March, April, and May. Yeah, you know, and so they're just now catching up with them in September. Um, but but even you said you want like your your drive up to. Debuke this week, right? You know, you just need a little windshield time. Is what you said. Yeah, there, there's like a therapeutic thing to. I mean, I, I listen to to other podcasters and radio guys and stuff like that across country. And Marin was talking about he hasn't left his house in like four months. You know, there's a lot of people, but that there are like he's that. in L.A. You know, and I yeah. think I think it's a whole different thing. I'm like, I could see where you'd want to get in your car and just drive because you've been trapped in your house. Yeah, right?
0: I would think so. And also, some places are much more adept at. Um, having people do things for you, this whole service industry, this cottage industry like Uber Eats and DoorDash, and I don't have to go anywhere. I hit a button on an app and a guy True shows story. up. Yeah. Well, if you live in Germantown Hills <laughs> or you live in some of these other places, bedroom communities up in the suburbs, if you live in Huntley, you can't get DoorDash from your favorite restaurant because you're too far out. Yeah. Um, you know, There's, there's some places w- where that type of service doesn't exist. And... I, I can appreciate living in a city and not really having to want for too much, or you can you know, order in, have stuff shipped out. But at the same time, and I'm kind of introverted in, in a lot of ways, sometimes you just got to get the hell out of your house and see the outside world. Even if that means, I was talking to my dad about this, just get in a car and go, Yeah. go somewhere. He's like, well, where do we go? What what do I do?
1: I'm like, just try. You see, as a kid from the central, I'm from a town called Fairbury, if anybody knows where that's at. And we would literally drive by the grid. So you knew that it was like, you know, 20, 20 down and five over to get to Gridley or something. I mean, you just knew these things. And we and you knew where the little the little breaks in the road were at for the uh, the latitude changes, stuff like that. Sure. Um, but we would do that just to get out. You know, my dad would sometimes say, why don't you just take a drive? You yeah. Because cause when you're in a town of 3,000 in the middle of nowhere, you know, you just take a drive. Just get, just get out and That's what you do. just clear your head. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. My wife uses that terminology. She grew up in the country, down in Southern Illinois, in the Metro East area, and she's like, uh, you know, on a Saturday or Sunday, what do you want to do? Let's just take a drive. And coming from the suburbs, yeah. I'm like, what do you, take what a drive do you, where? Why would I want to take a drive? Yeah. Why are we stuck in traffic? Yeah. Right? I don't understand. What are we doing? <laughs> I need an agenda. No, you don't. Just do it. Just get out. And by the way, it's probably good, especially if you have a car that's been sitting. Or let's say you're in a household where you have multiple cars, and you or your spouse or partner, whoever, your kids, stuff's just not not moving. Uh, it's good to get stuff out there and drive. Get the batteries charged up. Even the newer stuff where you know, battery systems shut down Dude, or whatever. Dude,
1: had, had one this week. A customer came in, brand new RAV4, battery's dead again. We've already replaced the battery once in it, and they've driven 600 miles since April. That's it? And they're just unbelievably upset that their car battery is dead again and I just I, I cannot illustrate to them that they're not driving at least 100, 100 miles a week yeah you know the battery's not going to last you have to put a tender on it you have to start the car you have to do something yes the car's just not going to sit there and wait for you at your beck and call 600 miles in six months That's not a lot. No.
0: Yeah, and our our Highlander, which is the newest and most high-tech vehicle we own, I make sure to exercise that weekly. Yeah. At the very least, just because there's so much
1: stuff in there that's going to be Oh, and then the new ones are even worse, like the new RAV4s, like I'm talking about. Yeah. Tons of technology in that thing. Sure. It's just dying to be run at all times. Just do it, as I say in the old days, blow some carbon out. (laughs) Yes. That used to be the whole day. I'm going to blow the carbs out. Right. Didn't even know what that meant, but we used to just hammer on the gas pedal, just assuming that that was doing the right thing for the car, right?
0: Yeah. What do they call it? Uh, uh, Texas tune-up or something? Tennessee (laughs) (laughs) tune-up? Just mash the gas.
1: All right. This uh, next article is about BMW cutting jobs in the U.S. market because uh, the things are down. It says BMW. This is from Automotive News, by the way. BMW will make uh, workforce cuts in the U.S. to adjust for the business slowdown in the wake of the coronavirus pandemic. A spokesman declined to disclose the number of jobs that will be axed. But he noticed the cuts do not affect – I'm sorry, I had to go to the next page – not affect the automaker's large assembly plant in Spartanburg, North Carolina. BMW says that the first half sales tumbled 28%, and the mm. second quarter sales are down nearly 40% from 2019 numbers. Wow. As many dealerships were forced into the COVID lockdown in the spring, this affected their numbers. I, the reason I put this article in there, Daryl, is because a 28% drop in the first quarter and a 40% drop in the second quarter – those Not numbers going. are massive. Yeah. I mean, that is massive. Imagine if you're somebody working in a dealership, uh, if you're in any department there in retail. Imagine if you work for a BMW corporate. Yeah. I mean, to think that you're down nearly 50% in cars. I mean, at that point, you're walking around your job going, we're doing half the amount of work. You, maybe you're doing twice as much work trying to market and keep things to the new normal. But, but that can only last so long. I yeah. mean, it's
0: quarter after quarter. That's... There's got to be some major repercussions. I mean, to stay to say survivable in this market. Yeah, a, a lot of people think too. Oh well, it's a global company, and uh, you know the, whatever's going on here, they can offset it elsewhere. This is a global pandemic, yeah. folks. And even though some countries are kind of, I don't say back to normal, but for some countries they are. Um, they're feeling this all over the place, and there is not a lot of wiggle room if they wind up closing some of these. These factories here in the U.S., uh, we were talking before the show, I think they could probably do some of that depending on what models are made where. Uh, you know, shipping is expensive, but if they're <laughs> selling half the cars, yeah. maybe maybe that's they jack the price of the cars up.
1: Yeah. I mean, I could see. Yeah, you, who knows? I, it, it's interesting to see. I mean, everybody talks. about. I, I think there was some other articles came out today. I didn't post these on here, but uh, it was like uh, they expect two years for the market to come back. I heard something last night. Somebody's like, oh, it's going to take quite 10 years to recover from this season. I'm like, 10 years? Really? That's a long time. Yeah, maybe a year or two. I mean, not, the way the way things change right now, it's so fast. You know, right? Uh, I would never say things that take 10 years because I... You are gonna have to prove it to me at that point. A
0: lot can happen in ten years. I'm like Missouri, you gotta show me.
1: Show me <laughs> Show me state. <laughs>
0: something else I would just throw in here, not to prolong this one, but uh BMWs I-, I will say, as a kid, they had some some high dollar cars, you know, an M six or something was usually close to eighty grand or whatever when I was growing up. Nowadays I'm seeing stuff on uh, the local BMW dealer sites for, you know. SUVs things like that for 130, 110, yeah. 100, everything seems close to six figures. Yeah. And they're like 3 or 5 series. I'm like, when did BMW you used to be able to on a decent salary maybe buy a 3 series as a as a young CPA or You're right. you know, You're right. if you were an attorney. Yeah, I got a nice 535 or whatever. It's good. Got leather, got all the bells and whistles. Nowadays that
1: stuff's untouchable. What well, dude, happened? That, the race daily kill last time. Remember, yeah. I, I wanted to find import. I wanted to find a Mercedes or BMW. There was a time when Mercedes came out with their their new base class. Yeah. What was that? The C? Um, Is it the, no? It wasn't the C. I thought it was something less than that. Even.
0: Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, anyway, they, they it. came
1: out with like a, a sport coupe, you yeah. know, or or a little four door sedan. You know, and they were still in the '30s E class, I think, wasn't it? Something like that? no, E's their mid, mid.
0: I don't know. Yeah, but it was it was reasonable. You yeah, could, you could, because my grandparents were looking at that in the
1: like mid 2000s yeah. because it, it was glass on. They were cute little cars, mm-hmm. but um, but no, BMW is is there. There's nothing cheap out there. And what that's also done I, that inflationary effect when you have all these cars going for hundred thousand dollars, it makes those old ones it drags them up. So you're not going to find the three fifteen. The you used know, one? yeah, for less than eight or nine thousand dollars. Yeah, you know. So what are you saying? You're buying 1985, bloat out little, you know, right? 300 series BMW for ten grand. I don't, you know, ugh. not going to happen. But but there are some like mid. Mid to early 2000s, 3 Series, stuff like I, Those cars, it seems like, get cheap. I don't know if they were not reliable or what.
0: Yeah, they weren't They weren't the best as far as that goes. I think after, like, 97, 98, I think they started to kind of fade for a little bit. I
1: think they'll bounce back because they still have that iconic look to them. They're still they are do. They're wide-bodied. They got that little BMW grille. Yep. Uh, just They look cool. I, I think you just you got to get past the oil leaks, man. Everybody I've ever known a car, it's like a 2000s BMW, it was puking oil everywhere. Is that- and you just know the turbo is... is bad yeah
0: (laughs) i just i like the old school ones where it's just an inline six and plenty of torque and it just balanced
1: like to get back to that old volkswagen that we had just keep it simple right i
0: think so all right speaking of things that are so not simple and horribly complex (laughs) let's
1: talk a little bit about some evs yeah we got local news this time and we get back to the old rivian guys over there just across the pond rj scringe (laughs) ceo this is according to carbuzz.com uh by jay truganot I'm not sure who he is, actually. Uh, Sounds he, like a spaceman. Yeah, he does. It was uh, last month when Tesla filed a lawsuit against rival electric automaker Rivian over allegations that the latter, Rivian, stole employees as well as sensitive trade secrets. Rivian is expected quickly denied the accusations and filed a request to dismiss the suit in the California Superior Court. Rivian stated that Tesla's accusations were not only flat out wrong, but they are really nothing more than an attempt to harm the industry reputation and to make... Recruitment more difficult. Tesla even sued four now former employees after they joined Rivian. Tesla sued four now former employees after they moved to Rivian. I'm going to say that maybe even a third time. <laughs> Rivian is stealing employees from Tesla. Yeah. Rivian maintains that all employees are required to never introduce a former employer's intellectual property into its systems. Lawsuit status is yet to be decided, and now there are other. Re- <laughs> but now there's a- another reason for Tesla to be annoyed at Rivian. According to Bloomberg, Rivian has just hired Nick Kenjon, an 11 year Tesla veteran who served as a vice president of engineering for nearly three years. That's pretty impressive. Now, to be fair, Nick left Tesla and was for eight months worked at some like food company in San Francisco working on some automation process, but then went to Rivian. And then, and then he decided to go back to EVs. But he's not going to share any of that engineering knowledge he has from no. looking at Tesla for course years. of course not.
0: Yeah. That was always the thing. When you hired somebody from a competitor, you wanted to make sure they brought their Rolodex and all their goodies <laughs> with them. Absolutely. It's not so they can <laughs> – you've kind of done this work before. No, yeah. they know what they're doing. Yeah. But that's – you know what? That's good, and maybe that's the –
1: Maybe they're bringing on some brain power at Rivian, and they definitely need to do something. Well, no, to me this this is like the best thing Rivian's done. This this shows to me that maybe they may actually build some vehicles over there because now now I know they got some brain power. If they've stolen some Tesla people, yeah. or at least that's enough to keep uh, Amazon and Ford satiated for a while. <laughs> what they need to
0: hire is marketing people. Because we're still not seeing much, anything. No. I did say, uh, I think before the show we were talking, I did see an Amazon commercial recently where they were talking about all the things that they're doing and all the, you know, the world's changing and Amazon's changing with it and blah, blah, blah. They do all these little cutaways of what they're doing and warehouses and robots and people. And then there's a real quick aside where they they show a shot in a warehouse with these the rivian vans, the delivery vans they're supposed to make what two hundred thousand of oh yeah, something. they bought a lot, yeah, so uh, it was neat to see those I don't know if it was CGI if they got uh, Spielberg involved to make it happen because we still haven't seen them on the road. But uh, hopefully I, it wasn't Scorsese because his CGI was terrible. It was bad <laughs> in The Irishman. Yeah, that was not good. So we'll He's see some Ford trucks and we just married with a Rivian <laughs> right, right. green screen. Yeah, it's really an F one fifty. So I don't uh, know. No, yeah, anyway, I, I
1: just love the fact that they're stealing people and they're like, oh no, never. What do you say here? They're, they're never to introduce former employees' intellectual property into their systems. Sure, right, sure. That'll never happen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah, that's like news of the absurd. Sorry, it's local news or news of the absurd, one of the two. But hey, Rivian, God bless you. You're in our backyard. Please sell lots of cars, make lots of money for the state of Illinois, so that way we can get out of this tax hole we're in. And also hire people. Yeah, exactly. Hire lots of people. Lots of people. All right, Daryl, this is kind of a new segment, Yeah. grinding the gears. Mm -hmm. Uh, it It isn't... what grinds my gears with Peter. Right. This no. is totally different. This is totally different. And we would I, not introduce Peter's intellectual property. No. No.
0: Seth MacFarlane's intellectual property <laughs> in any of our shows. I don't
1: watch the family guy, so I maybe and if I, I did steal to. that idea, it was uh I honest to God, I think it was just you know what I had a I had a manager years ago who goes, You know what grinds my gears? Yeah. And it used to drive me nuts because when he said it, I knew he was gonna he couldn't just say, Hey guys, can we change this? Can we do this? He'd, go, he'd walk up and go, You know what really grinds my gears? No, what's that? I'm you, sure you're going to tell me. Yeah, I'm sure I'm going to know after we get done with this conversation. <laughs> anyway, so I think maybe uh, it's an old Mc, time McFarl- McFarlane stole it from my ex boss. Yeah, it's one of those old things. Um, no, this
0: week we're just going to talk about things that I've heard repeatedly because uh, while I while I work, I like having some background music on, mm. Mm. and I, I usually pick something from that
1: Supernormal Radio. Uh,
0: I do listen to Supernormal Radio. You did get me hooked on that. <laughs> fantastic stream uh, yeah
1: there's a little plug for supernormalradio.com check them out yeah. if you if you really like 70s am gold and don't listen to it with headphones you got to set your phone down on your on your on your radio on yeah. your table and just let it play you
0: know what it reminds me of? it reminds me of like listening to the am radio at my grandparents house was i was swimming in their pool in the summer <laughs> it was it was like great anyways um if you're tired like i am of hearing commercials all the time. You probably should pay uh, premium service. Which I do because I don't hear these commercials. And that's what I thats what I need to do. But I don't. Um, so I listen to these Pandora streams and then every five seconds there's a commercial. The one that I keep getting served up all the time now is for a website called normalnow.com. And it's got to be some sort of lobby group for electric vehicles. And the tagline is something like, you know, uh, electric vehicles, they're normal now. You know, computers <laughs> at first seemed weird too but now they're everywhere just like electric vehicles will be tomorrow. So it's this whole campaign talking about how normal it is to have an electric vehicle in the household. And if you have to tell someone you have to have a campaign to say something is normal, it's not normal. Yeah. You know, it should just be something that just evolves and it gets, you know, kind of flows into everyday life, but we're we're just going to get this rammed probably in every
1: or just shove down every nook and cranny, yeah. Down? I think so. Into your craw, it's gonna be shoved into the craw,
0: <laughs> deep into the craw. And I think we're gonna have a 100% electric vehicle future shoved down our throats very, very soon. Like, I was talking to my dad like the other night about this. I think we're 30 years
1: away from that happening, 20 to 30 years, maybe. Well, 2030 is the uh, the jump off date for EU, so yeah, dude, a lot can change in 10 years. So, I think so. I mean, the technology is gonna get better, but I think the the bigger problem is will the federal government? create a tax structure that makes it so you have to buy one i think it's going to be mandated or taxed but yeah.
0: mostly mandated and i think it's going to be for our safety because yeah. everybody that's the big buzzword now safe yeah.
1: safe safe oh safe, you safe, can't safe. have a car on the road that doesn't have automatic braking right you know? there's so much more safe if, dude but i'm gonna tell you this driving mm-hmm. back from michigan this last weekend people are idiots they, they drive with their phones in their hands i mean you see people yeah. walk or holding their phone up and talking to it speakerphone, acting like, well, I don't have it to my ear, but they're still looking right. at it. I mean, like, you're idiots. It's hands free because I only have one hand free. <laughs> what? I, I hate
0: all people on their cell phones and their cars. Do you remember the. Key? Okay, so uh, Terminator 2.
1: Oh, okay. I'm I drop this on you. I don't think that was a good Terminator, but okay. It, it was. Was it? It was fantastic. I think it, it's better than I remember than Liquid first. Man in 3, and I remember the first one. Liquid Man's 2. Is it two? Yeah. Robert oh. Patrick. Oh, yeah. no, that, then that's a great one. The third one's terrible.
0: Third one's awful. That's the one, I think, with Claire Danes or whatever. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> so Edward Furlong has John Connor. He's at the end, and he's playing with the Terminator. Or no, he's he's he, no, he's no, not playing. He's he's uh, he's getting guns and stuff. It's right before the mom takes off and goes nuts and starts shooting people. Linda Hamilton? Yeah. So they're sitting in, like, a trailer court in, somewhere in Mexico, and they're looking as he's loading, like, nine millimeters. I think I kind of remember this scene. He's looking at, like, some kids in the background playing with sticks or, like, playing guns, cops and robbers yeah. or something, and they're shooting at each other. And, like, the Terminator says something like, you know, you know you're know, you so violent. People are so violent or something like that. And, like, John Connor goes, we're not going to make it, are we? People, I mean. No. Or something like It's like this whole thing where he's basically looking at how people are the worst thing in the world yeah. and we're not going to make it. Yeah. And the machine says, you know, no. That's what's happening.
1: On the flip side of that, uh, my son and I, he, we got the whole Planet of the Apes trilogy in mm-hmm. mega-replay. So we watched them all on Blu-ray. And, damn uh, dirty apes. Yeah. You damn dirty apes. <laughs> but No, I'm talking about the newer ones with Sesser. Uh, uh, oh, um, C- Wa- Wa- Wahlberg? No, Wahlberg? the Wahlberg, was, that was the Tim Burton version. Okay. Then there was the one uh, that came out here most recently. There's three movies. Uh, rise and fall and whatever but they're really really good actually okay and uh, but anyway the whole world gets taken over by apes because humans get a virus that makes them start to fall apart and they their immune systems compromise then they can't talk and the apes get smart anyway it's, it's just it's, like it, what's gonna happen exactly. it's a
0: premonition it was a premonition i don't know i haven't <laughs> i've seen like 20 minutes of the original ones
1: Oh, with uh, Charlton Heston?
0: Yeah, I need to go back and watch it.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, Cornelius and those guys, it's all good. Check. You out. know what's better than Cornelius the Ape? What? Your, Your moment, moment of Musk? Musk. <laughs> Weirdest segue on the show. Yes, ever. it is. Anyway, if you want to compare Elon to monkeys, he is definitely the smartest monkey, as XTC once sang. Uh, Elon Musk, according to CNN Business, is now worth $115.00. Billion dollars, pushing him past Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg on the list of the world's richest people, according wow. to Bloomberg. The increase in wealth is propelled by Tesla's wild 12% stock game that happened Monday after Tesla's 5 to 1 stock split. It makes Tesla founder and the CEO of the third richest person in the world, according to Bloomberg. We just said that. He is now only poorer than Bill Gates and. <laughs> Who? Jeff Bezos? Jeff Bezos. Serious. So apparently he's richer than Jeff Bezos' ex wife, but she's pretty rich too. And that. Is your moment of nostalgia? Boom! Hate, I hate, I hate him. Uh, I hate him. That's so good. He got me. You know what? I we talked about the stock price, you know, two years ago, and I got out of it at three fifty or five hundred or whatever, and I still did okay. <sighs> yeah, but uh, I still, I still believe it's a house of cards because, like we talked about earlier with the Volkswagen thing. Volkswagen has capability, just like any manufacturer. General Motors, Toyota uh, has a capability to make amazing electric cars. Yeah, and you know, it's just a matter of time. Yeah, so it's, yeah I it. think I think it's great that Tesla has broken the ground for every other manufacturer. Let's just put it that way.
0: Somebody had to. Somebody <laughs> had to. I've
1: heard a lot of people on the uh, the Tundra
0: group that I'm on in Facebook. Have you seen the discussion about the when the Nikola truck comes out? Oh, geez. Nikola, whatever yeah. that other <coughs> electric startup. Um. Yeah, was it a bunch of GM people that went there or something? I forget what their backstory Oh, Nikola. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Like some decent engineering. But the, the, their big thing, like Rivian, is they got a uh, an EV truck. And like, oh, I'm not buying a new Tundra because I can't get the V8, so I'm going to get an electric Nikola. <laughs> that
1: makes complete sense, what? right? Yeah, I had uh, actually some guy post on Tacoma Group, or maybe it was the Midwest Overlanders, that uh, – i 93 Tacoma. I think I'm going to trade in and get the Tesla truck. That's what I'm going to go to. I'm like, and I, all I responded was apples to oranges. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> not even, this, not even That's a not conversation. Even I mean, why, why wouldn't you just keep the 93 Tacoma and buy your Tesla truck? Because the 93 Tacoma, it's just, it's a simple little gas truck. It's right. going to be worth it to its weight. It's golden in 20 years. It I know. It makes no sense. It, it, anyway, people are weird. Daryl's at that time. It is that time. It is that time. This is the time where Daryl and I break out the virtual checkbook. We get out the Bitcoin that we didn't invest in soon enough. But we pretend that we have all the money in the world. And so what do we do? We go out and shop. We shop online. We go to Bring a Trailer. We go to, to uh, Do you go to Yahoo shopping? I don't know if you no. know. But we go to uh, Facebook Marketplace. Car Gurus. Car Gurus is a great one if you haven't used that one. Uh, and we look around for a car that we would buy, we would own, and put in our garage. And sometimes, when we're really, really thinking this is a car... We'll show it to our wives and get shot down instantly. <laughs> Is that how it goes for you? It's it's like you have a window into my world. <laughs> so here's what I did this week at Cars of the Week, Daryl. I said there was a guy here a while back who got the cheapest G Wagon that was on eBay. And he celebrated, he's got a he's got an Instagram handle, I can't remember what it's called. It's like zombie G Wagon or something like that. And using that motivation, I thought, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna find the cheapest super on Facebook Marketplace. And uh, I looked around, and I'm going to tell you what, Gerald. There are some of the worst Supras you've ever seen on Facebook just Marketplace. Hot garbage. Yeah, you, yeah. This is terrible. <laughs> You're like, oh, there should be some great stuff, but it's all like, oh, I painted this one like blue with stars in it. I'm, you know, it, like beautiful uh, fourth gen Supras that should be worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. These people have just ruined. Just but, completely know, trashed. Look, I, I put blue chrome all
0: over the engine. Or my favorite, the the uh, the ones that were turned into like the Paul Walker Fast and Furious. Oh, yeah. yeah I, and then like all the body parts are falling off of it now because like they bought the
1: cheapest aftermarket <laughs> body, body crap. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so anyway, I quickly got distracted from the pathetic super selection on Facebook Marketplace, and I said, "Okay, let me re- let me change this around. What's the cheapest Ferrari I can get my hands on right oh, now?" Okay. Yeah. So right. I, so then what I did is I put in thirty thousand dollars, my limit for a Ferrari. Because at ten thousand I got nothing. At twenty thousand I got so, nothing. Zero results. I got some. I got some kit cars. This little yellow kit car thing was kind of ugly. Um, was it you that sent me the the Fiero kit car that looked like a Ferrari? No, it wasn't me.
0: Uh, I think. I think I know
1: who it was. Okay. Anyway, so what I did find is I found this uh, nineteen eighty two Ferrari Mondial. You say that means earth. I, th- I think it's the yeah, of the world or yeah. worldly or something. Okay, At twenty two thousand miles on. It's in British racing green. It's in Rockford, well, and uh, it's basically the same as a three hundred eight, like the Magnum Pi. Yeah, it's Magnum Pi, but it's yeah. a four. It's a four seater. This one's a hard top. It's okay. a five speed, and I got to tell you, Daryl, the gate shift for the, yeah. the five. It's it's beautiful. It's cool. Uh, timeless. Yeah, it is timeless. But then, as I read the ad, it said it's unusual color. In British Race and Green, it's not the original, but it's well done. Like, so uh, it's slightly better than... Yeah, you know. and it's got these beautiful five-spoke wheels on it that are kind of modern. they got Ferrari logos on them. But I don't, now I question whether those are even legit Ferrari wheels. Uh, the interior is kind of cool. It's kind of dated. The pop-up headlights on that are actually kind of dated, too. They aren't as cool as that, that Porsche we talked about yeah. in the last episode. So then I'm like, eh, all right, it's kind of cool. It, the paint job is actually gorgeous. But if I'm going to buy a Ferrari... Am I buying a green Ferrari? I'd, I'd, I'd pass on that and, one. And so, you know, don't get me wrong, folks. I have all the virtual currency I want to spend here. So what do I do? <laughs> I just tune it up a little bit. I move the notch a little bit, and I find for $31,000 in St. Joseph, Missouri, a 1985 Mondial with 33,000 miles in it. And it's red, and it's a soft top. And you know what? If I'm going to buy a Ferrari, I'm buying a red one. Yeah. Maybe a yellow one, but I'm definitely buying a red one. It suits you. It suits the car.
0: Yeah. You just need a Hawaiian shirt.
1: So, and uh, I'm going to add that to my virtual garage, Daryl. This is my selection of the week.
0: That is a beautiful machine. And actually, I know where one of those is here in, actually in Peoria. Really? Guy's got one and uh, occasionally it sits out in front of his house. No joke. Uh so a Grandview Drive or something? Um no, it's actually uh I could. I'll show you the address. Uh, it's <laughs> It's a local eccentric. I believe he might be an artist. Ah. Uh but this is one of his stable cars and everyone's like, "Yeah, it's not that cool. It's, it's not one of those cool Ferraris." I'm like, "Dude, it's still it's a Ferrari. It's, a, a, it's Ferrari. a V8. It's a five-speed. Right? Yeah, but but just the fact that you can say like, "Where's your Ferrari?" Yeah, I hate when people do that. You know, like oh, same thing. Years ago, people used to do that with Porsches. Like, oh, he's he's got a Porsche, but it's only a nine forty four. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, and you're driving your yeah. mom's Buick Century, dude. Like, stop. <laughs> Come on, it's still a cool car. I'd love to. I'd love to have one of those. Um, okay. So what did you choose, Daryl? I Darryl? did not choose anything cool or uh, <laughs> fast <not> or <laughs> red or Italian. But uh, this week I, I did a,
1: another old school. Um, it's been a while. I used to, I've been picking European stuff all summer, which is weird. I, I can't, so I know I, – you know what? I used to keep a list. You go to the thornwrenches.com. Oh, yeah. You can go to our virtual – uh, museums, our garage. <laughs> our virtual garages. I think I need to update. I think I have like the first ten or fifteen shows of garages on there. I'll yeah. have to, we'll uh, have to add more on. Can, we can update that. Yeah. Uh,
0: this week I actually picked a, a, a timeless classic Lincoln. It's a, it's a 1961 Lincoln Continental. And when people see these, they immediately think of like JFK's limousine, which is really tragic. Oh, but that is sad. But. Um, that also is, is that car of, for sale. Where's that car at? That is up in, uh, I believe it's in the historic auto attractions in Roscoe, Illinois. Definitely worth going to. Yeah, they have some incredible
1: stuff up there, and they have the the car that JFK was killed in.
0: Yeah, I believe it was in um, Holy crap. the Henry Ford Museum for a while. They actually put a hard top on it. They changed it from a convertible to an actual limousine. They they rebodied it and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Okay. sad sad story there, but um that also reminds me of like the older pictures you see anything that anybody of stature of provenance of um you know well to do business people they all had lincolns or cadillacs or imperials a lot of the folks didn't have the mercedes and the the really nice you know <laughs> european fine cars To be a successful person back in the day, like, I want a Lincoln when I make it rich or when I retire. So you see a lot of these old ones come up for sale, and they're really in good shape. A lot of them were well taken care of because they, A, cost a lot of money, and, B, the type of people that had them had the money to service them, maintain them, have them detailed, have them repainted when they got little rust bubbles here and there. So this thing is actually a really nice low-mileage 61 Continental. It's in white. Um, They look better in black, or they have a silver and, like, a cranberry color. Yeah, the white
1: white is a little... uh off-putting versus like a black one. It's it not, it doesn't have the sleek lines to it.
0: Yeah, it, it almost looks like a, like a big Thunderbird or something. But but as Eric pointed out, the 61 Continental is the first one to have, uh, as they did for a long time in the 60s, the suicide doors on a four-door, which was kind of an old-time early American car design thing. Uh, and they brought it back. It was, it was kind of like a, a 60s retro throwback, if you will. Um, and this is 61 has an iconic grille. In fact, the newer Lincoln MKZs and the Continentals—I think they stopped making them already. They they brought back the Continental name, like
1: Matthew McConaughey did a couple commercials, and like two years later, they're done. See, I'm trying to I'm trying to play in my mind like maybe Cary Grant driving this, doing the Matthew McConaughey, yeah. <laughs> like, like
0: somebody of stature, yeah. driving the car. Uh, we got. I, I, I need Dana do it. Carvey I, on speed I, dial so yeah, he can I, do this. Yeah,
1: I can't do it, Matthew. All right. I, I mean, if I knew what McConaughey said, anyway. In the commercials? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We could we could pretend we're Cary Grant. <laughs> all right. And all just right. Act, act all excited like he did in uh, North by Northwest or something.
0: If anybody is looking and uh, listening to this uh, and you're bored, Google, like, there's got to be something on YouTube. Dana Carvey as Cary Grant getting arrested as in Hugh Grant. There's a whole routine no, he does. Not. Is there really? Excuse me, officer. I was not merely with this woman. It's, I can't. I'm not going to go oh, into it oh, here. Oh,
1: oh I got to find it. Check gotta find that. It.
0: Just Google like okay. Dana Carvey, Cary Grant. Okay. It's the funniest two-minute bit you've ever heard. Okay, of. but nobody nobody younger than us even knows who Cary Grant <laughs> no. is. Or Dina Carvey. <laughs> <Hey-oh>! He's 60. <laughs> Anyways, 61 uh, Lincoln, great car. Um, this thing is actually a 5,000-pound beast. It's got a big 430 big block V8, a little tiny two-barrel, which is hilarious, um, but acres of room, lots of cool design features, and uh, at thirty nine thousand nine hundred ninety five dollars, it really equates to about a dollar ninety nine a pound, which is it's a pretty affordable classic. Yeah. This, this is uh, available at a dealership it's cheaper
1: uh, than ribs at Kroger. It is
0: mm, ribs. But anyways, that's what I would get this week. The, so
1: the car is so big it won't even fit in the screen. No, I had to crop it. I
0: had to shrink it, resize it. i like, I like
1: to see the back end of oh, it if it exists or not. Yeah. I just have to change your the uh, portrait to landscape mode. <laughs> Uh, Orientation. That'd be fine. (laughs) All right. You've come to the end of another Throwing throwing Wrenches. Um, It's been a total pleasure having you along for the show. Yeah, thanks for
0: listening. And as always, uh, let us know what you think. If uh, this is great, tell us. If it's trash, let us know too. Info at com. We get some interesting solicitations there from time to time Yeah, we do.
1: And uh, also remember, the Patreon subscribers get that little bit extra. So if you want to throw a couple bucks at us every month, you get that extra show every month. Uh, it's there for you. And it, believe me, it's worth it. That's right. It's like extra meat on your Subway sandwich. Yeah. But it's tucked behind the back and you can't see it until you, you know. Right. you right. Gotta, you got to ask for it. It's like the secret menu. It's like. <laughs> it's, it's, until next time, we'll, uh,
0: we'll see you on the flip side. I'm Eric Stahl. I'm Daryl Scott. See ya.